Hello and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts, we just are a group of friends who are sitting down to talk about movies and it's like you're just sitting in our conversation. Uh, my name's Everett and welcome to Planet of the Apes. We're getting ready for the new movie, War of the Planet of the Apes, and so we're building up. We're going to do this movie, the remake. Actually, we just recorded an episode of Beneath the Planet of the Apes. After watching it, we simply had to record a bonus episode for you guys, so that'll come out next later this week. Um, and we're going to do the two prequels that came out before War of the Planet of the Apes. So, there are, of course, major spoilers for the Planet of the Apes, the 1968 film, as well as its French source material, the novel, and minor spoilers for Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Where Is Everybody episode of The Twilight Zone. So, watch for those. Shouldn't be anything else to worry about. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and enjoy the conversation. Uh, Seth? Seth? Mm. Last week you told us, even though you hadn't seen the movie, The Mummy... You were here, and you told us you saw Wonder Woman, and now you are fully uh, versed in the DCEU. Yeah, I saw Suicide Squad. Yeah, please point the mic at your mouth. I saw Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. <laughs> I saw it on my nose. It was really bad. And you watched, he watched the extended <clears throat> version. You watched the extended version? It was really bad? Yeah, it was really bad. Mm. Killer Croc, I mean, though. The Killer Croc wasn't the part. That, I don't know. There's you know what? Just All the scenes I've it. seen of him, I actually like. I, really. I didn't. I didn't hate the Killer Croc. He was. I didn't hate the way he looked. I hated, I hated him the way they made so him act. Much. Why? His personality was just the goofiest oh, thing in the world. The and honestly, he was one of the more scary villains on oh, yeah. the animated Batman of the animated series, in my opinion. And he was just a goofball. Well, the until they teamed him up with Baby Doll, and then he was a goofball in the animated series. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and the comics, he's gone. That's, he's that's always the, gone that's both the ways. Fourth season, so the new adventures. Yeah, but that, in the uh, in the comics, he's always been both ways. Like sometimes he's scary, and sometimes he's a fucking stooge. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's he's a he's a but he's a stooge, stooge in this movie. I live down there. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. like, it says underground. Thank you. I'll live on the ground. Okay, yeah. Well, Kendall's like, seen it far too many times already. Um, <laughs> she hated four? it. She didn't like the movie, and she's seen it four times. Um, well, like, one thing. Um, so people were saying that the redeeming quality of the extended cut was that there is more uh, Joker. I hated the Joker. Hated Jared Leto as the I Joker. Like it. I, I mean, didn't I like, like him either. All. They gave him emotion. Like, they made him less of a sociopath. He felt bad whenever... Oh, he has no clue. Oh. I well, don't care. he felt bad about that. That is... N- the Joker they would gave, never... They gave Harley and the Joker kind of a backstory as how they got together in the extended edition. So, like, her pleading for his love and attention and him being like, I'm alone, bitch, and crazy. Get away from me. And him, like, the process of him... when he The scene where he's like, will you live for me? It... It's him, like, I'm trying to fucking get rid of her, so I'm going to kill her. But then at the end, he's like, and then he jumps in, and then I guess that's, like, him turning into So okay, you didn't like the kill. writing of it? You, you are killing your mic. I Me? didn't yeah. like the writing of the Joker, 
And I didn't like Jared Leto as the Joker. I didn't care I like about all the, 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 the writing didn't bother me, but I just didn't like the design. Like the and uh, I hated the design. The design was very distracting. Yeah. thought it looked I really stupid. Design. I huh? thought it was fine. I thought it was different, and I liked the, I liked what it was. Like I, I understand it's completely different than what it's everyone wanted, but I like, I like both. So. I here's the thing, here's my feelings on it. Just from like just looking at it, right? Because I've still not seen, I've still not watched Suicide Squad just because I've heard so much bad about it. I'm just like, I'll get there mm. one day. I'll get there. Um, is they did a uh, they did a comic run. Uh, it was All Star Batman and Robin, right? Mm-hmm. And in that, Joker was portrayed as more of a more of a legit crime boss, like what you see in Suicide Squad. Okay, um, yeah. his hair, if I remember right, is even slicked back, like in Suicide Squad. And he's got tattoos. He's got this humongous dragon on his back. Yeah, um, I've seen that. I've seen that design. So, I didn't. The only thing I didn't mind the design, aside from damaged across his forehead. And I think I could never, have, I I could never figure too. out what that fucking said. Damaged. Um, and doesn't he have a teardrop or something? Yeah. Too? yeah. Okay, the teardrop is fucking cliche. Get rid of that and get rid of damage. Teardrop's and fine. And yeah, his teeth I are like silver. Though. They're, well, gold. He, well, no, they're gold. Well, no, they're, they're, they're gold. Silver. Pieces are so pieces are missing from his mouth. There's some teeth in there and some not. It's from when he, whenever he's gotten them knocked out by Batman. Oh, that fun. was the reasoning. I see. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if they like, tell well, you that in the movie. I'm assuming I'm assuming they don't. No. But whenever like there was so much like uh, controversy about the designs, uh, that's what the director said. I see. That was the design choice there. Well, I thought it was fine. It was I a show that Joker and the it. Batman had gone round and round many times. Mm. Hmm. And then Kyle made a joke on, or not even a joke. He just pointed out why do they call him the Joker? Like in the movie, it makes no sense because he doesn't tell any jokes. Mm-hmm. He's somebody calls him the clown, and he's like, "That's that makes more way more sense." He's not funny, right? Um, I, just like they still have yet to call Batman, Batman, unless they do it in Suicide Squad. They call him the Bat. They always say the Bat. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, I think maybe Deadshot hard. refers to him as. No, he says, "I killed the Bat," and he's like, "You don't want that," and she's like, "I do." I feel like Harley might call him Batty or Batsy. She I says think Batsy, she Batsy, him, Batsy. Yeah. But I, I've, n- I've yet to hear him be referred to as Batman. Hmm. Um, there was a paper in Batman Superman that said the Batman and it had a like hyphened. Mm-hmm. But not. Now, I had talked up Batman in the movie. That was like, I thought that was great. Did I you thought, enjoy that? I, yeah, I thought it felt very. Um, I thought it was Batman. Fun. I thought it felt Batman, which was cool to see. Um, and honestly. I really liked Deadshot. I thought Will Smith did a great job. Um, and for the most part, I actually did like Harley Quinn. Like, yeah, they d- you could definitely tell they over-sexualized her. But then I'm pretty sure in the comics, if I know this correctly, she was that way as well. She's highly sexualized in the comics. Wasn't like Until didn't she sleep with like everyone? It, that, I thought I read that somewhere. Uh, in the newer comics, she sleeps around a little bit. Mm. Uh, but she was very highly sexualized until she got her own independent series, which ran for like thirty-eight issues. Mm. Um, and they kind of toned her sex like they made That's her, cool. they made her a really cool anti-hero character. Like if you can get your hands on that comic, it's really worth worth a read. That's cool. Is that the one that's the red and blue, and she's in roller skates all the time. 
No. I hate that one. No, this is, yeah, no, this is back uh, 2006, something like that, 2004, 2006, somewhere in there. Um, Paul Dini did some issues on it. Uh, he wrote the animated series. Um, oh. Yeah, it, it was a really cool cool run. It gave uh, Harley a lot, uh, made her more human, uh, like really expanded her character. Hmm. Um they're hard to get a hold of, but I think they're starting to reprint, reprint them in trade paperbacks. You can get a hold of them that way. Uh, but that's it's another pretty thing that's um, pretty cool. It led into uh, Gotham City Sirens, which was a 21 issue series. It was really good. That they added to the extended was uh, part of her character of her being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like you, there's a line where she says another textbook sociopath about Deadshot. There's like a leading up series of her trying to like give everyone else a diagnosis, so that mm-hmm. made more sense. And mm. then later, whenever um, Captain Boomerang says, "Every time you open your mouth, it's a knife fight," makes more sense because she's always picking them apart and like trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with all of them. Here's what I wonder: Would it be as bad of a movie if we ripped the superhero elements out? Kind of like Fantastic Four, like the new one, right? Like, I hear that would be a good sci-fi film if you ripped the comic book elements out. Because I think one of the mi- lead mm. reasons why I didn't like the movie was the actual story. It was bad. There wasn't really a story. It was just like it something been kind like a of heist happened. or something. Kind of made more sense. Kind. Well, okay. Well, I will tell you the Suicide Squad. Comic, co- Suicide Squad comic has never like. There's been. There was one short run that I felt like was worth anything, mm-hmm. um, but all of them are essentially the team gets sent out to take down a villain, and the team comes back. Mm-hmm. End of story. Take down a villain. So, or to take take down some you know some worse threat than all of them, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. I, like that's why I've never, I've read some Suicide Squad, uh, but like I've never, I've never been able to get into it mm. because of that. I mean, sure, you get more background on some of the characters and you see some of their relationships, but there's nothing really, like, as far as, like, that's more like character drama. But as far as mm-hmm. plot goes, like, it was never much. Yeah, I think the same thing showed up in the in movie. The movie. Yeah, I was yeah. curious how that would translate. I didn't think it would go well. This movie that we're about to talk about. Oh, did you guys watch part? anything this week before we get into it? No, nothing. More Buffy. Yeah, I'm showing, I don't think I've said it yet, but. Buffy is one of my favorite TV shows of all time, and I'm getting to show it to Kindle right now. I am sorry. I like it. Do you? It's terrible. No I love it. No to it, but like I, I made it through the first season, and I just was ready to like, I was like, I can't do it anymore. Mm. They get better from there. Do they? Do I they actually? So. Okay, all right. I well. mean, the first one's dang old, so I like it. It's just kind of cheesy I right love now. the cheesy yeah. B-horror it's stuff. Funny. So it's Maybe I'll, I don't know. Like, I, I made it. The puppet one, I don't, I don't want to watch that one ever again, though. I, I got dragged through the first season and just, I don't know. I think it's it was. Hard. I like her. I like all the characters. Some of the characters are fun. She was good. It was just really, I don't know. I like the campy. I never, I've never even watched it. I hate villain of the week stuff, though. Does oh, uh huh. Like oh. that, that was something. That really, I thought you that. That seems like it'd be. I don't know. That kind of same feeling I feel like is in the anthology stuff. It Count. is. You're you're not wrong. So like Tales from the Crypt, I feel like 
Buffy goes hand in hand with that. Kind of like, except for like with Tales from the Crypt, different story, different setting all the time. Yeah. Whereas like with Buffy, like it's she's like, in okay, a Hellmouth. Se- all right, well, same group taking taking down like random one enemy. Like X Files had a lot I of episodes like that. They were always the toughest one. ones for me to get through. Okay. Because so. there was one where there were two villains, and I was like, "What the hell? And she can't Smallville. do both!" Jesus Christ! Smallville, like the first two seasons, are horrible about that. Yeah, mostly superheroish. I mean, Batman of the Animated Series is pretty much is that. villain of the week, true, but like that's it's done well. Mm-hmm. It's not like here's my problem. Okay, it's not like House. Did you guys ever watch House? Yeah, yeah. I love House. Okay, between the 34 and 36 minute mark, literally on almost every single episode is where he has his revelation. I timed <laughs> it. I watched it. Mm. I sat through the entire show and like we was counting down it. like, okay, three minutes, like here comes the revelation. And nine out of 10, I was always right. And that, that kind of formula kills me when I can pick it apart like that. I love that show. We had to stop watching it because Everett's a hypochondriac. <laughs> <laughs> I literally <laughs> thought I was. G- g- He's like, I'm I'm gonna, like lupus. I'm I feel that. <laughs> no, you're not. It's just a show. Watch Scrubs. It's much better. Oh, much I hate better. Scrubs with a passion. But I'll yeah. watch Grey's Anatomy any day. Okay. Interesting. I don't like any show. I don't like, like the guy. I don't think it's funny. I just have never gotten into Scrubs. Children's Hospital. Yeah, we watched that one. Night. We watched the whole thing. That one was at least entertaining. I would probably never watch it again, though. <laughs> Did you watch anything this week? Uh, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad um, that we ranted about. Yeah. Is that it? Um, I watched some Game of Thrones. <laughs> I did, actually. Ha! No, I was say- I was talking about myself. Oh, oh okay. I watched an episode, <laughs> yeah. I just watched more Twin Peaks, so. Nice. Ooh. Have still, you tried the third season? No, 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 we're not no, going to oh, yeah, start until still, the end. Yeah, that's right. Jeez, like, still ununderstandable. <laughs> You know what? It's falling more into place, and I will say the last the the last episode, the newest one rather, episode seven is the best one so far. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Okay, yeah, I'm excited. There's I cheered at a moment, and I never really cheer in anything. There's 18. I cheer in Buffy. 18. Okay, so it's go Buffy, bit, go! It's kind of close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we might wait till after the summer because there's so many movies that we're gonna kick him in the teeth, Buffy. On. I yell at the but TV while watching. We'll see. All right. Planet of the Apes. First of all, guys. The fucking music. So good. Hated it. Okay. I well, want to talk I about it later. I think I really but liked first, it. First, I want to. It's the same guy who did Alien. You know? Yeah. Jerry yeah. Goldsmith. I but think we'll I get, liked the music a and, lot. Uh, well, a few others. A bunch of other movies. Well, but I'll we'll complain and rant about it in a minute. Yeah, well, she'll complain something. and rant about it in a minute. I just wanted to. Go on, Leia. Get out of here. Get out of town. All right, so what do you got? Okay, so let's start with our knowledge of this movie. Um, All right. I think Seth's the only one who's never seen it, right? Yeah. Till I, this viewing. I've never seen it all the way through. Oh, oh. interesting. I've never seen it. I've never even seen pictures of it. Never seen You've never seen, like, clips? Never seen clips of wow. it. Wow. That That's surprising. Yeah. I, um... Uh, I saw this movie one time in eighth grade in my math class because we had a sub, and we watched the first hour of it, and that was it. Never revisited it. Uh, my uh, my dad is a big fan of this film, and uh, tried to watch it once or twice with him when I was young. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get through it. I just... Charlton Heston... I feel like he's the worst actor on earth, but yet we accept him. Accept him as a something great. 
I, I feel like he chews the scenery so much that he he just sticks out like a sore thumb. And especially in this one, like, we have maniacal laughter or like, oh, Stuart's dead. <laughs> like, what the fuck kind of, what? And I mean, like, to a point, it's whoever wrote his thing, like mm-hmm. his, his, uh, his character. But I've never bought him in anything I've seen him in. I don't, what have I ever seen him in before? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, he was Moses. He parted the seas before this. And Ben Hur. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen Ben Hur. I know. I mean, he's just done a bunch of. Well, I liked him. (laughs) I like him. He's got a very obviously he's got the overacting thing, which you find in a ton of actors of the '60s and '50s. But he's the proto Harrison Ford character. Kind of like he's always the action hero. And an ass. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd always seen clips of this movie, Uh like on best ofs, like. Top 100 movies, oh, yeah. whatever, ah. lists and stuff. And it was all, it'd always be the clip of him saying his get line. Off me. Get your paws off me. Yeah. Damn damn dirty dirty ape. Ape. Yeah. I've heard that, but I don't think I'd ever seen it. That was literally the point we Stinking left off paws. on. That was, that was the point we left off on. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I was like, oh, he finally speaks. And then we had fucking ended. <laughs> Class dismissed. Yeah. Um, and huh. you had you had you seen it before? I've me and seen you it, it most of my life. My parents would watch us all the time. Yeah, I was always interested to watch it because it just seemed like a neat '60s movie to me. Wow. And we watched it a few years back, finally. Uh-huh. And I I actually really like this movie. Maybe like, if I was born in the '60s, I'd like it. I I think there's a lot of nostalgia factor because my dad always liked watching '60s and '50s movies when I was around and Maybe. so I'd always like watching those with him and getting to see that grit. Yeah. Like, I, sh- I should, hate the I should like, th- I, l- I learned a lot about this movie. Oh, I, me too. I, please don't, I, I watched please like don't. three of the behind the scenes. Oh yeah. Yesterday, together, so. I can't. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm sure we can. Yeah. Old talk. movies. I just, we can try to like. keep the, we can talk about up to the movie getting made and then we'll God yeah. spread everything throughout the discussion. Um, uh, <laughs> So, okay. First off, I didn't realize this was based on a book. Mm-hmm. Um, I never realized that. So, 1963, Leave Arthur, Arthur P. Jacobs <laughs> buys the film rights to the novel months before its publication. Before or at least that's publica- before its publication. Or at least, hold on. Or at least that's what we're told. That's what, that's what he always said. However, actually, King's Brothers, a production company, bought these rights mm-hmm. before him. And commissioned Rod Serling to write a treatment. The King brothers were mostly known for nature films that were cheap to produce. And after Rod Serling turned in his script, he was told it was too much, needed to be more fun, and that this was a lighthearted film with men in ape masks to be produced for under $200,000. Upon hearing this, Serling left the project. At least until Blake Edwards, known for Breakfast at Tiffany's, got involved and told Serling to give it another shot. Uh, and that he that nothing was off limits. He only asked Serling to give more time to the ape society over the humans. Edwards uh, Edwards enjoyed Rod Serling's new draft, uh, which featured a fully functional ape metropolis with technology beyond anything anything mankind had ever seen. Oh, that's sad. Edwards convinced the King's brothers to go for it, and production was about to begin when King King's brothers mailed a letter to Edwards. Uh, notifying him that they sold the rights and the production was not to be. Jacobs now enters the picture officially 
uh, and decides to bring Serling and Edwards on after reading uh, Serling's latest script. Jacob said he liked the script, but they weren't going to be able to do everything that Serling had in mind with the kind of budget that that it would require. <clears throat> so he asked Serling to once again try. Serling dialed the Metropolis back and made the apes semi-primitive and semi-civilized, having some apes much further evolved than others. Something Edwards and Jacobs expected, though, out of Serling that did not happen was a more twisted ending. They expected a plot twist because Serling was known for the Twilight Zone, which at the end of every episode was some sort of, like, magnificent twist. Mm-hmm. Um, but to their surprise, Serling stuck with the novel's original ending, uh, which ends with the re- astronauts returning to the Earth uh, to find that the apes had taken over. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes more sense. Um Serling also made his script a fun fact is uh, he made his script read based on over an, ad- an adaptation because he tried to stick as close to the source material as possible believing an adaptation of a novel of this caliber would be a disservice to the story. 1964 Mort Adams becomes associate producer and leads the charge on script revisions most notably the ending. Uh, Edwards while visiting Don Peters a concept ir- artist hired to help sell the film and find the style of the ape civilization noticed a sketch combining the Statue of Liberty uh, of a crumbling Statue of Liberty Edwards then called Jacobs as he believed that this was the striking visual twist that they needed and that they wanted out of Sir- Serling they told Mort-, Mort Abrahams and he rewrote the ending and it became the ending that we all know today Fun fact, uh, the original, or the the author of the story, uh, I can't say his name, can you? Pierre... Pierre Boulle. Boulle. Uh, disliked the film's ending a lot, but found the image more interesting for all it implies. Jump forward a little bit to 1965, Rod Serling and Edwards both leave the film due to Abraham's rewrites and losing faith in the direction the film was headed, uh, both feeling it would never get made after a string of constant rejections. Uh, June 1965, Charlton Heston commits to starring in the film, and Jacobs feels he has the ace in the hole to make this film happen. Uh, so, uh, towards the end of 1965, Franklin uh, J. Schaffner is brought on to direct and is allowed to make revisions to the script himself. These revisions included making the apes even less technologically advanced to help make them more relatable as well as ease the budget. In March of 1966, veteran actor Edward G. Robinson is brought on to star as Dr. Zayas. His inclusion convinces Fox after threatening to ban Jacobs for his, quote, silly monkey movie uh, <laughs> to, give, to give him uh, a 10-minute pitch. Uh, Jacobs and Sha- uh, Schaffner felt the best way to spin this meeting instead of talking was showing Fox the film what it could be and what they could do with it. They decided to film a scene where Heston confronts Zayas, which is the office scene that we saw, mm-hmm. uh, with a narration depicting uh, the events that came before the scene. Uh, music actually by John Williams was borrowed uh, from Erwin Allen's Lost in Space score for this scene. Just a, just temp music. The point of this was to show the game-changing effects and that a man could have a serious confrontation with an ape that wouldn't be laughed at. 
as many, many, many studios have thought. That's exactly why he was constantly turned away is because nobody's going to take a talking ape seriously right? because it was going to be a silly man a silly man in an ape mask. Like, it's, mm. it doesn't make sense. The meeting, of course, was a success. Uh, and the head of Fox, Richard D. Zenek, uh, Zenek, I'm probably, I'm probably pronouncing your name wrong, but you're honestly dead, um, <laughs> felt they had a franchise on their hand. Uh, the film was finally greenlit on September 26, 1966. Filming was to begin in spring of 1967 in England. Between the green light and filming, producers felt the dialogue needed to be tightened up and then actually decided on an entire rewrite of the script. Because they felt it would be better, even though they had just sold Fox on Rod Serling's final script. So Charles Eastman is brought on. He has long meetings with Jacobs, Schaefner, and Abrahams, uh, telling him what they needed from his rewrite, which was more development for the leads, more suspense, and more mystery. He was giving Serling's best scripts uh, and the novel to read over to help him bring uh, this draft to life. And I have notes about Ed, uh, Eastman's script that I want to tell you about because, dear God, it gets fucking crazy. But at any rate, they fire. They turn around and fire Eastman a few days later. So formerly blacklisted writer Michael Wilson was brought in to do what would become the final script. Uh, also, around this time is when Jerry Goldsmith was brought on. He had six months to come up with a score um, that would feel alien and tribal. Ooh. January of 1967... Uh, Wilson provide, provided a new script that contained many of Serling's scenes but added to those scenes and revised much of the dialogue. His final draft was turned in in May of 1967, just weeks before filming began. An uncredited writer, John T. Kelly, was brought in to further polish the dialogue and add in a few scenes of humor as everyone besides Heston felt that Wilson's script was a bit too dry. Hmm. For reasons unknown, the character uh, Heston was playing had a name change. Literally on the day of filming, or the first day of filming. Thomas, as it was called in the original script, became Taylor. Uh, it's not known who made this change or why, um, but something had happened. Uh, initially, the film was meant to be uh, entirely filmed in England. However, very few scenes were actually filmed there. As the production shifted towards a more alien and desolate look, the deserts of Arizona and Utah and the United States became the backdrop of the Simeon City. Uh, this also helped the production save a ton of money, uh, but it came with a price. The combination of 100-degree temperatures and heavily costumed latex-wearing actors was an obvious heat stroke of danger. So these actors could only actually film for a small amount of time before a break was required. Uh, this led to a very tension-filled shoot. Uh, thankfully, aside from the temperature, it was an easy. Sh it was a relatively easy shoot until Fox, at the last minute, cut the 55-day shoot down to 10 days, or down by 10 days. Uh, obviously, as we know, everything worked out okay. Planet of the Apes released on released wide on April 3rd, 1968, and was praised for the special effects and social commentary. It became the must-see movie of 1968, topping many critics' lists that year and still to this day. Uh, John Chambers would actually go on to win an Academy Award for his makeup work. And as we know, Planet of the Apes became a household name, spawning numerous sequels, a live-action TV show, a follow-up cartoon TV show, as well as two reboots. There's sequels to this? Oh, there yeah. is four sequels yeah. to this, yeah. Um, oh, that was what I bought and finished. <laughs> oh, I see. Before we get into it, Were they with the same people in it? Yeah, some of them. 
Yeah. So well, let me tell you about the Charles Eastman script because I wrote this whole thing out so I could just tell you of it in case, case you missed it. So the film was opened in space aboard a desolate spaceship with a clock showing that it had been in space for 50 plus years and that 450 years had passed on Earth. A skeleton is shown at the helm of the ship. The ship was a last-ditch effort to find a planet that could sustain life uh, for the few and desperate people left on Earth. After a slow 20-minute introduction, the ship's computer unlocks several cylinder caskets, and six crew members step forward, and one has a pet monkey. Here, Malaroy, I believe, is yeah, the hero of the story, and discovers the leader of the expedition is missing from his casket. And later, he finds a skeleton that the viewers, of course, saw in the intro. Uh, it is revealed that that, uh, that is, of course, their leader that's gone missing. Uh, the crew overslept by a year um, and is, uh, is now tortured by an evil computer, which is up to the remaining crew and their pet monkey to stop. So it was essentially 2001 in Space, Space Odyssey. Odyssey with a pet monkey. <laughs> um, the story was never... <laughs> fleshed out beyond an overview uh and that's why charles eastman was dismissed yeah i don't know if that's boring or just really <laughs> a small amount of time but like they don't ever talk about that in the documentaries or anything they everybody i watched that documentary everybody plays nice in that documentary you get down in the details and like i pull like i looked on a bunch of uh uh some like a couple of fan sites for Planet of the Apes and they had like actual articles like magazine articles and like Rod Serling like for the longest time hated this movie he was like he was like they they stole my work uh, and they turned everything that I had made great upside down and then about 10 years later in the late 70s he finally came to the realization that they did make the right call mm -hmm. and recognize that this was a good film yeah um he was very, very bitter about Planet of the Apes for a while. Hmm. Which is weird, yeah, because there's, in my opinion, Pierre Boulle, Rod Serling, and Michael Wilson are the three most important people to this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, and they all seem to all want the same thing, is to put this message to mankind yeah. in them. Uh, Pierre Boulle, he wrote the book as basically commentary a pessimistic view of mankind mm -hmm. because he had been a prisoner of war during world war two. And so he wrote his first book, which was called the bridge over the river Kwai. Kwai yeah. And then this, which Michael Wilson was a writer on that. Yes, 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 yes. He, he was part of for the adapt adaptation. And, um, then Rod Serling comes on with, he, he's really into the social commentary on his show. Mm -hmm. Like, He's that's perfect the, for this story. That's the only reason, the only way he could actually get all the all of his uh, moral inquiries out in the world on TV right. was through the weirdness and of the mystery Zone. of the Twilight Zone. And so it made sense for him to throw in the twist ending of Mankind Has Destroyed Themselves. And then Michael Wilson, he was in California during mm -hmm. all of this racial segregation uh -huh. and... He, that's that's where the the race allegory came from was Michael Michael Wilson. I uh, I have some of his deleted ideas from his script, his initial script. Uh -huh. Originally, there was going to be a species uh, that existed alongside the apes of rebellious baboons. They were going hmm. to be kind of our uh, 
like plot device of the film showing that like not all apes are equal mm-hmm. okay even though they're not actually apes but um not all simian creatures where the, where the baboons were and then uh <laughs> a scene where uh zira cornelius lucius taylor end up on the farm of uh zira's father mm-hmm uh, and then a subplot where Nova was pregnant with Taylor's child. The deal was is that Taylor would be killed by the bullet of an ape sniper just after he sees the Statue of Liberty, and the film ends with Nova running into the Forbidden Zone. Um, the meaning, of course, is behind this, or the meaning behind this, of course, was that if the unborn child is born is male, then the human race lives. If not, it will be extinct. Um, this was done to set up for an obvious sequel. However, it was nixed. By Fox for two reasons. One, the film is untested and they didn't want to leave the audience with a promise of a sequel that may never come to pass because Fox found that distasteful. And mm-hmm. then uh, almost everyone felt it was a bit too on the nose and uh, incredibly just, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I guess distasteful is another, yeah, distasteful that she would be, uh, that Taylor would impregnate a woman like Nova because. Taylor being the obvious intelligent being and Nova not hmm. Nova just being very primitive. Um, but Hot. interestingly enough, um, <laughs> the entire pregnancy subplot didn't get nixed in time and remains in the Marvel comics adaptation. Wow. Seth. Huh? Did you like the movie? Yes. Matt, this is your first time seeing the, all the way, all through. The way through. No, I didn't really like the movie. It's um, not that great. It was okay. Like, it was just okay. I tr- I got really tired of Charlton Heston real fucking quick. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he felt, especially at the beginning of the film, he felt more like a bully towards the other, t- yeah. towards Landon. And I was just like, this is the guy we're supposed to root for. It's like, make him a shish kebab. I was just ready to see it. And like, laughing about Stuart dying, it's like, fucking really? Like... No right. compassion, no nothing. I, I don't know. Uh, so that that bothered me a lot. I did like Cornelius and Zira mm-hmm. a lot. Um, I and uh, Lucius, or that's his name, mm-hmm. or is it Lucius? Yeah, yeah, Lucius. Uh, I really liked him. Uh, Doctor Zayas was you know the villain, and he was fine, but it was okay. Uh, there was. I've always thought of this film as more of an action piece and realized it's a lot more of a drama. There's really only one, no, two action scenes on the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not bad. It just, me, not for me. Shockingly, I really like the 2001 remake of this that we're going to talk about soon. I do too. Mm-hmm. I probably won't at all. I've only seen the ending and I pro- I'm expecting not to like it. I liked it when he bullied, um, who was the guy that put the flag on? It. Landon. Landon. He kept bullying him. I liked that part because I, I would have done the exact same thing. Why? He was re- he was essentially like making a memorial for their fallen. Comrade. Oh, a memorial! Oh, I took I it as was, like when no, you land on the not, moon yeah, and you like put the flag down and you claim it no, for him. No, really yeah, he was making a memorial. For oh, okay, her. Uh, it's not how I took you it. You would have done the same though. No, my. Done, I think most people what? probably thought what we did. She's dead. You idiot. Oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. That just bothered me. Seth is heartless. Yeah. No, um, I don't. I don't see how that would be a memorial. Cause she died. So she why died. would it be a flag? Because that was all they had. Make a little cross. Maybe he's not religious. 
Yeah. Oh bullshit! It's America. I uh, that uh, the reason why I was like ha 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 with him was because I thought it was uh, one small step that's from exactly man. what I thought and I was like they're all dead this isn't even uh, your planet no, you yeah. idiot that's the way just, I was taking it he was just grieving and that's why he's saying there's no reason to grieve I, so, so, because I he doesn't care I see you're saying that but he's I just, still agree with Seth so no, it's alright right. everybody yeah, okay. well he literally says that but yeah I must um, have just missed that he was just saying that about the people at home no, he was saying about her too. I never heard him say anything about her. He essentially he's I- as impartial to his own crew as he is the rest of the earth that's behind him. In my opinion, that's what yeah. I took it as, yeah, mm. no, and that's no. why he's laughing. Never thought even of any of that. She's dead. Yeah, that's yeah. just you guys. Um, I did think I thought it was strange because I forgot that I kind of knew the basic idea that you know there was apes and the humans were kind of like not slaves, but. They were kind of like that, you know. I'd known that, but I forgot that other humans were in the movie. Mm. And so when she was dead, I was like, oh, we don't get a uh, a woman. And then when we got Nova, I was like, we get a silent woman. <laughs> we do. And that's like, you know, like that's a sign of the times. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was silly. But. Um, Not knocking the story because we got um, what's her name again? Z- Zira. Zira. Yeah. yeah. So we open up and we don't have any uh, we don't have any credits yet. We just have Taylor discussing how two hundred years had passed on Earth or seven hundred years had passed on Earth, mm-hmm. and uh, we obviously see the the interesting hypersleep chambers that are very form fitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this was a fun fact. This was actually the final shot filmed the entire production Interesting. because the doctor uh, the director could not figure out a satisfying way to make these shots of space work hmm. uh, everything looked too cartoony um for him i thought the uh stewart being dead uh was was interesting because i didn't remember that but the sound effect they that they have when they show that stewart is dead was fucking ridiculous. It was like it was like it sounded like a chainsaw or something. I was like, "What was that?" It was a like, scream. <laughs> it's not even. It's nothing. Like I was like that. That it could be really impactful, but instead it just like, looks silly. Yeah, it just looks silly. And then of course uh, the ship crashes, and Taylor didn't seem bothered at all by this new planet no. and being stranded on this new planet. Yeah, yeah, and we get Maybe that more and more. he held no value for, uh, I don't know, that's the way that I took it. I would be it. right, because yeah. it's on like, am I expedition. breathing in poison? He right. went on the expedition a for a reason. Yeah. yeah, we learned that more of that later on. But yeah, as we're introduced, it's more of like, he is a very weird character, especially when we get to the laugh, because he just seems very inhuman. Obviously, we get more of that later. We find out he was essentially running away from Earth. He didn't care anything about humans anymore. Mm. Yeah. I was very proud of Seth for staying awake through this one. Thanks. And you know what? There was a few times. Have you ever, like, been, like, trying to pay attention to something and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you almost feel... Like, my head, like, fell back at one point. Like, I felt like I... 
I think about that you just have go. a problem. Maybe. Because, like, <laughs> narcolepsy. Yeah, I Get just it about, like, it was weird. It was weird, but I caught myself. No. Well, I'm glad it never happened to me. Ne- it's never <laughs> happened. Because I was. It's I was, a horrible feeling. I was ready to kick your seat because I was like, okay, like, I'm going to. I made a time. Matt looked over and saw me bobbing my head because I was trying to keep myself away. Yeah. I decided to keep a timeline of this movie in case you fell asleep. Oh, thank you. Uh, so we can talk, like, <laughs> have talking points. Uh,. <laughs> Uh, so the crew exploded planet via boat. Uh, Landon Barry Stewart and, of course, uh, Charlton Heston's character Taylor is walking around being a complete dick. So in the, in the novel, the spaceship lands safely. Did you do you did you look up many of the differences? I've yeah. I mean, I just know the main difference is that they're you know an advanced species. Yeah, they're an advanced species. Uh, so the planet is uh, known as Soror. Sor- and it's not Earth. It's actually in the Orion uh, mm-hmm. system system that he thought they were in. Yeah, uh, around Beetlejuice. Right. That's where the planets uh, surround yeah, right, that yeah. sun. Because they they weren't sure which sun it was, and I was so, waiting for them to say it. Just don't say it three times. Right. <laughs> so the spaceship lands safely. The apes do not speak English. Um. And you and Taylor isn't called Taylor. He's or Thomas. He's known as Ulysses, um, and he's not considered a threat in the novel. Oh, he's actually welcomed into the community. And they're also from the future of us, right? Or maybe now. I don't know what year it was. Yeah, uh, the apes also have no religion. So that whole little bit of him hearing them going on is has no. It's mm-hmm. no not found anywhere in the novel, and uh, Landon which has a different name uh, in the novel, naturally devolves somehow instead of having a lobotomy. Oh. Hmm. And, of course, uh, the ending with no Statue of Liberty. and uh, But Nova and Ulysses do have a child together, and the child is seen as a threat, and this is why they are chased out of the society. And the uh, Zira and Cornelius, or the equivalent of them, rather, uh, help the crew escape the planet, um, and they do arrive back on Earth thousands of years later to find that apes have taken over. Mm-hmm. Those are the main differences uh, from the film, which I'm glad. Okay, I'm glad that uh, there's no there's no child. That's because that would be kind of weird. I think unless Nova was a little bit more advanced. I didn't understand their fear of humans really until the end. It's just that uh, Zeus wants to make every make make it seem like apes are superior and the be all end all Mm -hmm. uh he doesn't he's an inferiority complex he's or a napoleon complex rather um whoa it's kind of what it is be nice (laughs) be kind rewind uh that's kind of that's kind of what it is it's not shocking it's very actually typical of the time because mankind had to like especially this is the time of the race wars and the white men had to prove that they were superior in every single way, which is why we had such segregation. Right. That's um, very like, strongly put in this movie. Yeah. Because you've got the white, bl- they're the brightest colored blonde guys as, ruling yeah. the slightly, the brown hair. you got the chimpanzees middle class and then the gorillas are the lowest. Yeah. I mean, it's the hard working ones. Yeah. Um, How'd you guys feel about the makeup effects? It was what so good. I, I think they still really like look. Those great. look like masks. 
No. Well, I will say I that they know. held up this. They held up better than I expected. They're a lot more expressive than I ever remember them being. Because I remember it just being essentially like somebody just took like, uh, what is that? The Jungle Book where Baloo has like the two coconuts. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I remember of this movie. Um, it's just like people walk around with pieces of coconut on their mouth um, when it comes to the apes. Um, but it looked better here. I mean, obviously, if you want to go looking for it, you can see all the seams in it. But it was better than I remember it. And it looked good on Blu-ray because like that was another fear whenever we talked about doing this because we went through the labyrinth and we saw all the seams in that film i was like (laughs) jesus christ like what is this gonna be like um yeah and they've it was advanced prosthetics for the time oh yeah because they were like today sitting in a chair for hours Mm -hmm. so then we get a random lightning storm Mm -hmm. and then of course taylor harasses landon a little bit more about how we got uh how he got onto the mission and why he's there and then the crew stumble upon some plant life. Uh, and obviously they figure there's more and they go looking for it. And then Kendall and I had a moment where we looked at each other and then looked at the screen and realized, like, there's the plant life and you're just walking right the fuck by it. Which, I mean, it's it's then shown that they're following it, essentially. Mm-hmm. But It did look silly. There, there was a lot. There was like, a lot of plant one, life in that others. one little shot. And then the next scene is just one plant in the desert. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I knew. I remembered it. And I'm like... Just wait. <laughs> Be no. patient. Let no. the movie tell you the story. <laughs> right. They then find some scarecrows. Uh, and Which then t- I think are creepy. They are creepy. I liked them a lot. I liked them like, a lot. Like, they are very unsettling. Yeah. Huh. Um, mm, really I was half expecting them to, ha- to actually be apes. I thought they were dead humans. When I thought I they were dead apes. That's what I was, I was expecting. I was like, interesting. Which they kind of were. They were pelts. Right, it's the a- I I always took it as the apes are keeping the humans out of there. Mm, yeah. Um, and then we get the awkward swimming, and that was weird. That was really weird. <laughs> um, the, the the crew just run around nude for. If uh, they hadn't done that, this would have been a much different movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just one scene in this movie where like Seth and I laughed. And I was that person that ru- that laughed at the <laughs> wrong moment and ruined the movie for everybody. <laughs> it was much like that. I remember the scene. Yeah. And I just wrote down in my notes, I was like, I'm just really inappropriate today. That um, was so good. <laughs> oh, right, where Charleston has, or Taylor's still standing. Yeah, standing right. in the <laughs> yeah. other They look down at look the, down the, here. the feet prints. Yeah, they, they yeah, get down. And then they the movie and, then they and someone didn't know what you were watching. <laughs> Is that and walked in, they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that right? Feet prints or is it footprints? Footprints. footprints. Okay, yeah, I feel like a <laughs> dummy. Them feet prints. Yeah, let's make fun of Everett more. And then we hear the weirdest noise that frightens uh, the savages. Like that's a monkey howl. I understand it's a monkey howl, but it sounds worse Was than it? like all the redos from Star Wars Episode Four. That they gave Obi-Wan, remember, like, the weird howls and shit? I thought it was just a soundtrack noise. No, that was meant to be a howl, because they all reacted to it. But then our crew didn't seem to react to the noise. They just looked over at the direction they, they were looking They at. know the sound. They were like, that's a I monkey. thought it was just, like, the sound where we see... No, uh, it's them making a member. noise so that they'll run in one direction, but really there's a bunch of monkeys okay. over there. I could take that. Trap them. Yeah. But it's, to me... Um, I could take that. I, I just took it as they're they have a more sensitive hearing yeah. because they're wild. 
And so they were looking because they were already looking in that direction before the noise happens. Right. And speaking of the soundtrack, like so, Jerry Goldsmith did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Williams was in line to do it, but didn't. I so when I did all my research, I actually I put on the sound the score and listened to it. I think it probably played through two or three times. And it's interesting, uh, especially like his themes that he had for the planet itself, mm-hmm. just kind of like the wilderness, uh, very kind of unsettling, like yeah. not like it doesn't feel like it should be these notes should be playing off of each other. Right. Um, which I like kind of discordant. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Uh, I liked it a lot. And, and it's kind of very empty. Very, very empty and sporadic. Like you get a lot of blocks and uh, xylophones. Mm hmm. But, but I liked it. Uh, yeah, I do too. I just could never. Me too. It reminds me very me much of the Alien just intro. Kidding. I hated mm-hmm. all the music. Yeah. yeah. Spe- specifically the opening song. I just I. It just and the sounded thing, like two different songs over each other to me, and it drove me nuts. That's yeah. That but I mean that was his intent. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. It sounded bad. Jerry Goldsmith. Don't have a fan in Kendall. Because <laughs> nope. I know you're listening out there. Uh, and of course, then we get the uh, we get the apes. We get the high-powered rifles first, and then we get the apes. And mm-hmm. I actually thought maybe the uh, the first shot of an ape would be more iconic or something, or more like you know, like a like a hero pose or something. But it's not like it was not like I expected. Like if I was going to showcase these makeup effects, like I mean, he is riding a horse. Yeah, I uh, you That's know impressive. Okay, riding a horse, but I'm just saying, like I I would. Okay, he's on a horse. There should just be, I don't know, I just felt like it should be more iconic or something. Because, you um, know, like, if you're going to show, kind of like the alien, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when we get the alien reveal in in Alien, it's very it's very iconic. Like, there's something, there's, they show off all they can of that, that effect. Yeah, I kind of uh, took it as um, your mind is rushing, trying to figure out what's happening in this moment. Because it, there's a lot happening a lot of sh- different shots cut together and right. so i thought it was supposed to be like that so you're like what is happening everything's going crazy right there's apes on horseback yeah mm. kindle kindle moana's on netflix <laughs> okay oh by the way right before um when he's i i just remembered this before we have the hunt mm-hmm. and he hears the water or the rustling of the leaves yeah, which whatever it was, it was supposed to be um, and he starts running. We get like I think the first mainstream shaky cam. We do right there because we see his view and it's like all yeah. shaking around. Yeah, and Cammy. Yeah, and Cammy. Um, so um, then from Street Fighter. So then the apes shoot Taylor in the throat and somehow don't hit his uh, jugular. Jugular, even though it's right on the jugular. Yeah, and he instead of dying, of instead of dying, he just can't speak. For uh, a little weeks. bit. I'm just going to poke a hole just right there. Inch away would have like, killed him. Yeah, That's what the right, doctor yeah. would say. <laughs> um, I missed that line. Mm-hmm. But they kill a lot of the savages, and then they hang them up like meat. And they're taking pictures with the oh with the dead, and that was really creepy. Yeah. That was still mm-hmm. creepy today. I was just like, that's weird. Like, That's really weird. He's making fun of us. Yeah. Oh, no. It's very much commentary on us. That's what this whole film is. Uh, and then Taylor and Novo uh, wake up to find themselves in a science lab. Mm-hmm. And Attractive actress. 
Huh? Attractive actress. I thought she. Mm. I'm not mm. sure who she was. Linda Harrison. Yeah. Did she, did she ever do anything else? She returns what for Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Seth, how much money do you think this movie cost to make? Cocoon. Ah, I would. Cocoon. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Cocoon. I've never. I don't know enough about movies to be able to even. I guess. don't either. Give me a guess. Just throw me. Two hundred thousand. No, that was the initial budget. I know. That's why I said it. Hey, she was in a, a Batman the '66 series. She was in two episodes as cheerleader two. Woo! Cheerleader two turns. Six hundred thousand. Five point eight million dollars. Oh. Which back then is a fuck ton of money. Well, here's the thing. They wanted, because it's a sci-fi movie, and they did have Fox requested all the rewrites mm-hmm. to they because they were originally the more advanced high-tech species, but they wanted the primitive, and so that's why they wanted the rewrites because it had, like, they were asking originally for, like, a $20 million, I think, dollar budget yeah and then and they talked him down to five with that rewrite because fox 20th century fox had almost gone bankrupt after cleopatra because that that was was the most expensive movie ever made at with at like 31 million dollars and they only made about 50 back right so and i was telling seth recently i have i've never seen that and i really want to because the I've always thought seeing that in lists too and the sets and uh, model work look fantastic. The model work and the sets are int- are good, but the movie is a slog to get through. Like, well, yeah, I, I don't know if I... It's hard for me to find five hours to sit down and watch a movie. I, I, I did it once. <laughs> I'll never do it again. Like, I it is hard. It. And I like long films. Like, I, I do. I just... That is way too But, hard. yeah, so they got them around five million and I, I think... I'm hoping that uh, John Chambers got a lot of that because mm. those. I just think the costumes, yeah, look great. It looked amazing. Thank you. Um, it made thirty-three point four million dollars back. Yeah, it's a very successful. Mm-hmm. Good for you. It was hugely, and that was only domestic. I don't know what it made worldwide. Thanks I couldn't find a number. So okay. Uh, so they wake up in the lab. And uh, Taylor's given uh, Nova's a gift from Zira, who mm-hmm. starts calling him Bright Eyes. Um, eventually, they make it outside, and t- Taylor tries to write a message to Zira when he ends up in a skirmish with another savage. Mm-hmm. But uh, obviously, like from this moment, we see Dr. Zayas, and we get his true colors here because he knows full well more about the humans than he leads on. He knows they are intelligent. Because he scribbles it away. Yeah. So, which I mean... He he has very much a personality that seems like somebody that would kind of try and scrub things away. Uh, that would, you know, like we talked about, it, he has a complex. Of course, then Taylor successfully writes Zero a note with his name on it, uh, and this leads to interesting, uh, an interesting meeting. What did you guys think about the silent Taylor? Like, they made him seem like an idiot. Did they? To me, like so. I would have been I like. Didn't think so. I just making like, hey, I can write. Hand me your pen. I find it. He's so just like, come here. I'm gonna steal it from I you. I find it so interesting to watch this movie now because it would be for such a big action star today to be written in the script as not talking for half the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Be, oh, okay, that makes sense. Never mind. I can't think of that going over 
well with anybody. They'd have to find a brand new actor. But I don't know. I found it interesting they had him silent so much because, like yeah. you're saying, like that would just not go over well. I like it. I do too. The only thing I can kind of compare it to is uh, the newer Riddick film, right? Uh, it's just called Riddick. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't like it. Did you loved it? I thought it was great. I think I remember liking. I I, it's I loved beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Um, but Vin Diesel has like I think maybe 17 lines. Yep. And that whole, f- that whole thing. Because he has no one to talk to. <laughs> well, besides his dog. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen another movie recently with him where he had a lot of less lines. Was it Iron Giant? It's Guardians 2. Root. Nah, yeah. His dialogue um, didn't change much, I noticed. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> we are Groot. First one. <laughs> so the uh, so they're in the office, and then we get the airplane scene, which I thought was interesting, mm-hmm. um, because obviously Zira, like they don't have that technology. Yeah, Cornelius's face. Yeah, it's great. It's like what? Yeah, it's impossible. Which Zira in this film is probably the most expressive out of all of them. Her eyes. I yeah, love, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was um. Ooh. I can't remember what scene. There was one part where I was just like, wow. Pro, I don't know. Probably the, I think I went wow whenever it was the scene of uh, of her discovering that Bright Eyes was something special. Mm-hmm. In the cage? Yeah. Yeah. That's I was entertained I, by Cornel- Cornelius's uh, nose wiggles. No. He wiggled his nose a lot. Yeah, yeah he did. I loved it. <laughs> it was adorable looking. Well, like, yeah, like that. Yeah, Roddy McDowell and Kim Hunter uh, studied uh, the movements of chimpanzees after being told that uh, by the casting director, the director himself, and producer, they had no idea how the actors needed to act or move. They were playing apes. So they went to their local zoos and studied chimpanzees for weeks. So if anybody had their shit together, it it better be those two. Mm. Which, I mean, this whole movie kind of falls... For half the movie, really, kind of falls on them, mm-hmm. those two characters. So from here, we get Taylor obviously trying to convince Cornelius and Sierra of how he arrived on the planet. Nobody buys it. And then we get uh, Taylor escaping and listening to a religious sermon. And for the longest time, I was like, who is the religious icon they are even praying to? And I was expecting it to be Caesar just because Caesar is the lead in the new films mm-hmm. and kind of the first one uh, or is the first one. Um but then it's later revealed to be Proteus. What do you think of the chase around the city? I love those set pieces. Aren't they fantastic? There's only one part that you can see him jump across and the thing wiggles. But other than that, I didn't even great. notice it. Didn't notice it. The Question. Do, does the uh, reboot? Which one? Uh, the newest one? Mm-hmm. Those movies? That in the same universe as this, or is this it's like called a it was originally called a soft reboot. So well, here's the thing, though. Supposedly, the only reboot mm. is really the Tim Burton one. Right. The others are kind of. Original. You could argue that they exist in the same world. Yeah. Yeah. Same, ah. Yeah. The only the only part of the set I noticed that was weird is when he ran down the hallway towards the religious um, sermon going on. Mm. It, on the left side, That's like. A funeral. It was a funeral? Uh-huh. There's a casket. Was it? I didn't yeah, I with the little kid who's like, there's a man. That's a funeral for looked, a ape. I thought it, it no, looks like. No, a gorilla. Like, I didn't even notice that. Did they say something he, about that? He was saying. Uh, 
It did the look departed. Like I always heard him say, I never met an ape I didn't like. And there is a big ass casket in front yeah, of him. Yeah, I see that, but I didn't think of it. At first, I was like, I, I, I thought, thought it was, was just. Sermon. I thought it was like a altar or something. It's just yeah. interestingly shaped. It interrupted shaped. a funeral. When he ran down the hallway, the the wall moves because it's paper. Mm. I noticed okay. that. Like he ran too fast oh. and it kind of. It's like construction paper is what it looked like. Moved. Mm. Then he says, you know, the, the infamous line, take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape, and becomes imprisoned again. That's and great. then awkwardly brags of his sex life and how Stuart was going to be the new Eve. That was the weirdest scene in the movie. Uh, I think it would probably go along uh, my favorite my favorite scene Gross, you freaking weirdo. <laughs> I mean, like, really? That was, was that not, did that feel awkward to you guys? Because he's like bragging to a primitive woman, like, oh yeah, like, had many ladies. I'm a well, sex you know, god over here. <laughs> That's kind of how it came off. He didn't like, have to try anymore with game. Like, he, he was just able to be honest with her. Yeah. Because she didn't understand. They can exactly. connect. They can connect. They can connect. Right. At a heart level. Well. He was revealing oh, no, how primitive he was. Mm. They were, they were bonding. You try and salvage that. I don't think she trying. was bonding. She looked like she was into it. I like when she tries to shut him up. She like looks confused. Like he's talking and she just covers yeah. his mouth. Mm. He talked too much. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he she does. Kisses him. Uh, That's so what the she should. Yeah. <laughs> she so just speaks clear English. <laughs> shut the I'm fuck up. I'm surprised she likes him at all. I would think that they'd Maybe be like, you freak, you're a monkey like them. So the trial begins, mm-hmm. and Taylor attempts to defend himself. Uh, of course... Uh, the the tribunal tries to say Taylor is a result of brain surgery, which was interesting. I actually found this, you know, this is our pivotal scene in the film. This is our big, essentially, this is our climax of the film. It's kind of how it felt because the scenes on the beach were interesting and there was action there, but this felt like the kind of the heart of the film, mm-hmm. which yeah. considering this was the scene they, part of the scene they filmed or just before the scene they filmed, rather, to show Fox what this movie could be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, there was a lot. There's a lot put into this. A lot of effort but put into m- this scene. M- heaviest commentary in yeah. the scene. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we get that probably cheesy because it was shot too long. <laughs> of the see no, speak no. Wasn't that uh, hilarious? Yeah. Like uh, I wrote that no down. Evil. I was like, really? I was like, see no, speak no. Like, yeah. if it had just been... A glimpse. A glimpse. It would have been awesome. Yeah, but here they like they focus on it. And it's yeah, just like, they show it for too long. And it's like, okay, we get the message. Seth like they consider. Remember. I don't remember it. Yeah, when, probably when he's, he's, all he's uh, there. was it was it he, Taylor speaking? Yeah. Yeah. He he's trying to defend himself and no no it's, it's no her. it's it's her it's Zira. Is Zira? Yeah, she's she's talking and the main guy he just covers his ears and then the other guys he puts covers his hands his on his eye and he shakes his head and the, yeah he does just, just oh yeah covering his mouth and not to not to cover his mouth but just like sitting there in disbelief of what she's saying that's right, right. And i remember that yeah it it it's just cheesy cuz it's there for so long mm-hmm. and they do a back shot where then Zeus has his hands down from mm-hmm. his mouth and then it goes back and they're back on his mouth and there's that but little little continuity problem there uh oh yeah. So then they go out and they find Landon, who's obviously had a lobotomy. But supposedly he suffered a a skull fracture. That is the most. They did hit him pretty hard. Like, actually, when they. When. 
uh, they do pull him out of the water. He's got a nasty yeah. cut on his head. That, but not it. the same spot. I just didn't buy it, yeah. Mm. Um, trial resumes, and Zira and Cornelius uh, state that they know that life existed before the Sacred Scrolls. Trial abruptly ends, and they are charged with heresy. Taylor is then escorted into uh, Zaius's office and given six hours to confess of his true origin. Give the confession of his true origin. Um, sometimes I write notes down really fast and awkwardly, and when I read them back, they make no sense. And I have to reiterate <laughs> them. It's like, just give me one minute. Like My shorthand doesn't make sense to anybody but me. I found the, the scene with Zaius and Taylor very memorable. Um, this is the only time where you're like, thank you for freaking letting him talk. Right. The rest of the time, they're just like, shut up. We don't care that you can talk. Like, if a dog started talking, we would all flip shit. We would flip shit, and we, but we, and the last thing we would do is like be like, ah, you must be, you know, you must be somebody's experiment, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, no, we would analyze we'd be that. Like, what the hell, alien freaking nature? Yeah, alien Frank. Yeah, Frank. Pug. I love oh, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Remember, do you, did you ever watch the the animated series? He was an agent then, wasn't he, in the animated series or something? I don't remember, but I just remember there was an episode where he takes off his costume, his pug costume, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he's, like, green and he has antennas, (laughs) and he's, like, trying out other costumes. (laughs) I remember that. That's funny. So Taylor's Taylor's put back in the cage and is rescued by Zira's nephew, Lucius. Uh, Taylor demands to take Nova, and they're supposedly going to put him into a zoo according to everybody else but really they're headed towards the forbidden zone what Seth so this is your first time to see it what did you think was on the forbidden zone did you have any idea that this might be earth yes you thought it might be earth uh, right from the get go okay they landed there and I was like that looks like Arizona <laughs> literally thought that immediately spoiler all films are shot on earth oh, yeah Arizona. but I mean it just <laughs> looked too obvious mm. okay you yeah. know it looked okay. So there's a movie, uh, a movie I like. It's got David Bowie, and it's called The Man Who Fell to Earth. And a lot of the I think you meant to say the labyrinth. <laughs> the Man Who Fell to Earth, and he's an alien, and the planet he came from looks like the desert. Like it looks a lot of it looks exactly mm-hmm. like it may have even been shot in Arizona. Like it looked exactly like a lot of this. And in the '60s, that's kind of what we imagine Mars and places like that to look like was Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> it was the desert. Like, it was just... Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mountains and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. we know now it's kind of like that, but we don't know exactly. We have a more vivid imagination, and we can do more mm-hmm. uh, with technology to make it... To bring it to life. But, yeah, I guess because it just... It looked like they didn't even try to hide, See, hide it, you know? To me, I was like, okay, like, that's... Popped out, like, to me. I guess because I was in Arizona, like couple years ago and see this was on my mind the entire route to ready to watch this movie and then watching it i'm wondering if you know that the twist is coming because for me growing up i'd seen the parodies i'd seen the clips i'd seen that scene before many a time of him being no no and seeing the Statue of Liberty coming and out the, of the DVD ground. cover. Yeah, I saw it coming a mile away. The old DVD ca- cover gave it away. Yeah, 
It was a straight up picture of that. Like it had a, it. it had Cornelius's face, so it looks like Cornelius is the bad guy up in like the right hand corner, and then you see the Statue of Liberty, and if you look down at the bottom, there is Charlton Heston, like his arms up. Oh God! On the DVD cover. And you know, uh, originally Rod Serling actually had it built up like more like a mystery where they're finding out. Uh, Taylor's or Thomas at the time is finding different parts like there'd be road signs or something like yeah, that there was stay a lot out more. or something like that and so you'd be finding more out like this seems like earth until then you finally see the crown sticking out of the ground but apparently like that wasn't enough mystery for them yeah well they wanted to keep it this the twist at the very end right I mean I understand it it's which just... and that you do get even though you had thought about it from the beginning, you do get a couple parts in there. One part where Cornel- they're cor- they're in he's in Cornelius or Zira's home, whichever it was, uh, and Cornelius says starts talking about evolving from man because of the things they found. And you're like, oh, that might. To me, I was Plus, thinking, uh, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if that gives it away to Seth. And then you get to the cave, and the doll is like an obvious. And they talk about timelines, and all the timelines kind of fit to a, a little bit. Oh, because the, the years, they right? Fl- uh, They've they, been gone two thousand years. Yeah, that was yeah. another big. And and away. also, I assumed because you've seen the new ones, you knew that this is on Earth. Oh. Yeah, because I I knew they were soft reboots. I assumed I you didn't know that they were soft reboots. I didn't know that they're essentially prequels, but you can take it either way. Mm-hmm. That's right. why they're soft reboot. I'm very curious to see those. No, I'm not seeing any. I love them. Oh, I, I think love they're really them. Great. Somebody recently told me. Oh, it was somebody whose opinion doesn't matter, but they were like. I just remembered who it was, and they were like, "I hated those movies. I'm so like over it. Why did they even make a third one?" And I was like. You're an idiot. Get out of here. And then they were like, I want to go see Curse 3. Mm, in what? that voice. In this Cursed? Voice. Cars. Cars. Oh. I guess cars I thought she said Cursed, but I was like, she made three, And I'm like, you don't know, they made a thing. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think so. Interesting. What do in you think it was? In the 80s, they made Curse 1 and 2. And now they're back with Curse 3. Everett, you're going to edit this part out. or something. No, it was Barbara from Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. you always Edit talk about Barbara out. on Friday. Barbara. <laughs> Barbara's the one who's like, "Why are they making a new Spider-Man? I thought the old one was cute." Yeah, you've, we left that part in, so I know she'll never. <laughs> Barbara, listen. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. Barbara was like, this. "I went and saw Forty-Seven Meters Under, and it was pretty good. Um, I really want to go see Cars Three, oh, and God. then she complained about the Ape movie, and I was like, I can't even talk to you anymore. I don't think we can be friends." Mm. <laughs> so the crew enter the Forbidden Zone, and they yes. set up camp. On the lakeside, and of course, are discovered by lakeside? Dr. Zayas. Huh? Lakeside? Oceanside. I think I it's an ocean. It an ocean. Oh, I thought it. Well, we're in Arizona. I think it's a lake. Well, we're oh, not. Oh, right. Yeah, we're, I guess we're in Arizona. And I was just thinking, we're in Arizona. It's going to be a fucking lake. <laughs> uh, Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we see the oh. Statue of Liberty just a few oh, miles good down. Good point. Good point. Good we're point. in New York. So we're in, yeah, we're in New York. Um, it floated down to Arizona. <laughs> New York, New York, because you know all lakes are connected. <laughs> hey, there was once a Friday the Thirteenth movie where Camp Crystal Lake was connected, obviously to an ocean, and they went from like the middle of the United States to New York. That's how the Statue of Liberty <laughs> traveled down to Arizona. To Arizona, <laughs> they're connected. Actually, I'm going to tell you something. And this doesn't matter. Tell us. 
So we were talking about the Transformers movies the other weekend, uh, the other day. Okay, the trans. Yeah. Okay, so the 2003 reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has a vehicle that appears in the Friday the Thirteenth reboot, and the Friday the Thirteenth reboot has a character named Trent with the same. And I forget his last, like Demarco is his last name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Friday the Thirteenth, and that character is the boyfriend of Megan Fox's character in Transformers played same name played by the same actor and all these movies are produced by Michael Bay and it has been confirmed that the Transformers exist in the same world as Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Friday the 13th these all exist in the same world and that is the same character and that is his demise so does that mean we're gonna get a like crossover? Uh, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> like Prime meets Leatherface <laughs> or, yes. or Jason? Can you imagine him just like tinking at the like his foot <laughs> with his fucking <laughs> and machete? Just stomps on him. Yeah, just <laughs> like oh, life is sent. Nope, not this one. Like, yeah. No, he takes his face. He takes his face. Yeah. <laughs> Leatherface tries to wear Optimus's face. Yeah, yeah. It works. Like a fucking metal, just <laughs> crushing him. Uh, <laughs> random tangent. Um, they're coming to get you, Barbara. That's what I was thinking the entire <laughs> time you guys were saying, Barbara. <laughs> um, <clears throat> That's what I should have said to her. What did you guys think Night of Night of the Living Dead. Oh, thank you. you I had to update him. Have you never seen that? No. Have you never? Uh, so tell me what you thought about the cave scene before I murder Seth. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, He's boring. I like the cave scene. Really Wait, cave too. scene? Did I hear cave scene? The listeners have to joke. go so far back <laughs> to get that joke. <laughs> Literally uh, over a like, year yeah. ago. <laughs> what like is the, the first joke? 12 It was doing the MCU. Uh, he was mm. into oh, cave Ultron, scenes. Oh, Ultron, the Ultron, yeah. Well, no, well, no, it started early on. It's, uh, I think it started Hulk. on Iron Man, actually. Our oh, second yeah, did, episode yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how far back. It didn't start there it. because all the cave scenes were from women. I don't know. I think he mentioned it. I don't know. There oh, is wait, a cave you, scene you in Iron right. Man. You're That's right. why he I liked the women that. and the cave scene. So whenever he we got to Hulk, and was, there was a woman in a cave, he yeah. about yeah combusted. He 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 about went primal. Mm, primal. Um, yeah, cave scenes are always great. Especially with women. That's when I really realized I love this. Go movie. back and check out all of our MCU episodes <laughs> on geeksandwarpod.com. They are actually pretty good. Uh, we suck now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like getting that little I like hint before the very end. What a twist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a twist. And I mean, that felt, the cave scene felt, felt like it was ripped right out of a Twilight Zone episode mm. to me. Um, yeah, I can see that. I re- Especially like the baby falling, the crumbling civilization. The very first episode of the Twilight Zone was about a man who slept too long and uh, slept yeah. past um, a nuclear holocaust nuclear holocaust um and wakes up with all the time in the world to do what he wants to do which is read and then his glasses break shit and then i was about <laughs> to say that sounds incredible sounds incredible and then his glasses break wow and that's, that's the yeah that's the morality uh, holy moral cow story, holy it? cow you know i never need to watch that show now you need to watch you that just show. spoiled it for me that was that episode was one they're all different all 153 <laughs> beautiful hmm yeah you're right they're awesome. Episode two is my favorite. So uh, I I really enjoyed the cave scene. It felt like it was a true like Rod Serling scene. I appreciated that. I thought there wasn't going to be any proof. I thought they'd go in there and waste their time because I didn't know how. I knew how this movie ended, but I didn't know how we got there. Mm-hmm. Um. So 
I was surprised. I liked it. I liked the twist. Twat a twist. I like the twist of the doll. The Statue of Liberty is a little too heavy-handed, but it was fine. I I actually I prefer the original ending over this, the novel ending. I guess. Mm. I also course, like the standoff right after that. Yeah, where Enzeus. It to feels very like I was saying. Proto Harrison Ford mm-hmm. feels kind of like when Indiana Jones is holding the bazooka up to the Ark of the Covenant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Felt I don't a remember lot that. Like that to me. What? Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it did. Uh, and I, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it, and I mm-hmm. liked the tension. Yeah. Uh, because at first I thought he was going to strangle or hang Zeus. Hmm. That's, well, that's I something that I liked about the character. That's the reason why I, like I didn't hate the character was because, too. like, you know, from the get-go of the movie, we. He we learned that he d- is disgusted by humans because how they kill each other and all this kind of stuff and they're violent and whatnot and then he ends up being that way mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very much commentary. Yeah. Um. And by that, I think this is was an extremely important movie for the time, but I still think. A lot of people need to see this movie. Yeah. It still fits very much with our culture now. Yeah. I mean, the commentary is still there. I, one of my the biggest lines that stood out to me was early on when Zira is talking to the other chimp in the 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 doctor scene when he's transfusing the blood. Mm, okay. And uh, he says something about talking to Zeus about upgrading mm-hmm. and she says you know he doesn't like chimpanzees. chimpanzees and he says something about the law being changed no there's now a this new protection law right. or, or equality law essentially and I was like that's really heavy handed very now I mean yeah. lots oh, of people yeah. lots of I know I've heard lots of people talk like that say no everything's equal but it's just because it's said, just because the law says that doesn't mean it is. That's right. It all depends on who's enforcing those laws, and it is a terrible world we live in. Before we move on, you're saying that a lot of people need to see this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, there are people out there that think they don't know about the 2002 Spider-Man film. There are people out there that think the Mummy film that just came out is the original. Is a remake of the 1999 film. That's what my mom And they said. had no idea that there was a 60s film. Or Another. a 32 film. It's like, where, what rock have you people been under? Like, w- tell the me where Dracula like, was on. Tell me where Dracula My came mom was from. There too. Like, was Dracula like from Dracula Untold? Or it's like, was there one, one before your that? Your mom and you know I were under the same rock. My Maybe mom's almost 60. Yeah, she was like, bad. you know, the remake of the Brandon Fraser movie. And I'm like, no. I just don't understand that. It's that guy. Especially older right, people. Right I know to your left. I'm, I'm talking about people like Seth. Whoa. Hi. The guy has never seen Night of Living Dead or any other movie that we've talked about on this podcast. Or any movie. And they remade that movie in the 90s, but it was originally made in the 60s. Oh. But there's a shot-for-shot remake of it in the 90s, just like there's a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. Mm. Really? It's okay. It's not very good. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, You'd like it. It has Viggo Mortensen in it as the sheriff. I love Viggo. You need to see one of his first films. I think actually his very first films, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. He's very interesting in that. Viggo? Yes. Oh. So, any rate, that's that's Planet of the Apes for me. Yeah, I was gonna say I think this is very important uh, social commentary, but also I think this is one of the most important 
or most significant nerdy movies of all time Hmm. uh, because this was the first one of the first major successful sci-fi movies okay and this was one of the first uh movies that was significantly like they manufactured toys and everything for the merchandise. Oh yeah, merchandise, yeah. Like this was huge. Oh yeah. Do you want to know the sad truth is like companies Everyone dies. No. Everybody dies. Everyone um, goes poop. Everyone poops. NECA. They were making Planet of the Apes figures um for for the past few years, but so many people didn't buy them. Like they don't know oh. who these who like so many people don't know Planet of the Apes or the original version of Planet of the Apes that they had they stopped manufacturing them. It's kind of sad. Like, mm-hmm. I understand. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Yeah, they was this. It was one of the first franchises that I know of that uh, did like marathons. Oh, like when okay. the five movies came out, uh, they had marathons at theaters titled Go Ape. Right. And they just show them all day, and kids loved it. I can they'd see go that. Ape. They'd go in with their ape masks on. Right. Um, I think you meant to say... What happens they'd to... They'd go ape shit. So, mm, we're not going to go over all the original films here. So, what happens to Charlton Heston's character? He's an idiot. I don't know. I haven't seen... I think... He's never seen I don't know if... Uh, since you liked it, I'd like to watch him with you. I don't yeah. know if Kendall... Do I you thought care we were to see to. the other four? I mean, eventually, but you're it's gone fine this for weekend, this. aren't you? I'm gone this I'm weekend, but, but this I get back like Sunday or Monday. Something well, like that. whenever you get back, me and you can binge them, and uh, I'll binge talk in. about me and Seth will talk about them on the next podcast or the podcast after that or whatever. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll binge give our in. opinion on. Binge I don't think I can set through seen all any four of them, of them with you guys, but if you do, whenever you do the next one or two, mm-hmm. let me know. Like I might come. Okay, come join you. Hmm. So, Kindle, since you didn't like it, I'm not saying I didn't like it. Did you like it last time? I thought you Listen, liked it. I have a hard time Listen. liking movies that are this old and this slow. That I don't, that I didn't love as a child. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not bad. I hated the music. Obviously, it was pretty cheesy, and some parts were bad. But in general, I was pretty entertained. But can you attest that it's a better movie than most movies that come out today? Or would you say that? I, I, I can't say. Because hmm. anytime I watch a new movie, I'm still entertained. Well, the thing about this movie that I think is so special is like it is entertaining in a different sense than the movies that come out now. But that's it also has like a really big meaning to mm-hmm. it that I feel like. Which is missing in a lot of things today. And not, See, I mean, like, there are still movies like, I don't like think that. About right. that I'm shit. not saying all movies. And when I watched the movie, it was very few times that my mind went there. I just was like, movie, there's monkeys, there's people. Hmm. I wasn't like, oh, there's a meaning behind but that. I, I f- don't do that when I watch movies. Right. We well, talked about Sucker Punch and you were like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, no, movie? it's face value. I don't. And I guess <laughs> that's why you're the main target audience for most companies today putting out mainstream movies because I feel like almost everything that hits theaters now for the most part is empty of substance that's fine with me a lot of them are (laughs) and that's I I understand that's fine to you but like that's why artists did originally movies were meant to make you think just like the Twilight Zone they were a way to convey morals to 
a society that was bored with that's what books. those are about mm-hmm. shoot i just thought they were bad shit crazy <laughs> well they are but i mean there's uh more to yeah no that. i'm face value i don't i don't show emotion so i take everything with a lack of yeah people still like it it's got 90 percent on rotten tomatoes on the tomato meter and 87 percent of audiences liked it but since you didn't like it I uh, didn't say I didn't like okay, it. Okay, since you're probably the least person who liked likes it, it out of least, everyone in here. What's your favorite scene? I don't know. I guess when um he's in their house and they're finally he's like finally communicating with them cuz you're like finally hmm. you can talk kind mm. of with the pen and paper. Right. The end. Okay. Seth. My favorite is the uh, the meeting after the court session that he has with Zira. Zira. Oh, Zayas. Zayas. I almost called him Zayas. Um, Sorry. Because there's something about that <laughs> scene. Zayas, there's I'm no more over right. overacting. Mm-hmm. It just feels so raw. Yeah. You know. And like, like we're done with the charades of like everything Shira. going on. Like him trying to like impress or teach. Like because like. Even though he doesn't know that Zayas Zayas like knows, like it just has that feeling of like understanding almost mm-hmm. in a sense, like just realness. I like that scene a lot. Yeah, just him standing there and actually just having a conversation with him without screaming and right. getting violent. <laughs> I I Which half expected I your favorite scene to be his fucking stupid <clears throat> laugh. Uh, I uh, did love uh, that scene, yes. Which he was That's like, immediately when I was pulled in. not moving enough for that laughter. That was the moment when I was pulled into this movie. Honestly, that is very Twilight Zone-ish. It is, kind of. Especially like, like they zoomed in on his face, too. Ah, 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 ah. It's real creepy. The cave scene. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Getting on board, huh? <laughs> <laughs> on board the cave train. All right. They have a cave troll. They have a cave train. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We need shirts, Matt. Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geek Cinema Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app. And join us on Sunday for Beneath the Planet of the Apes, if you've seen the movie. I know a lot of people haven't. So if you haven't, go check it out. It's a really interesting movie, and we weren't going to do a podcast over it. But we uh, watched the movie and we're like, we have to record. So it's just a short 49-minute bonus episode. Uh, And then next Wednesday is Planet of the Apes, the 2001 Tim Burton movie. So subscribe and you'll receive both of those as well as all the other movies coming out soon. Um, Also, check us out online. Go to our website, geekcinemapod.com, and then you can find all of our social media through there. See you guys on Sunday. Bada bing, bada boom. 